Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, came across this piece recently, and, and I was really stunned by this. Now, about 10 years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to visit uh, Yad Vashem in Israel, the Holocaust Memorial Museum. Uh, it was very emotional, very overwhelming. It's quite an experience. Now, this was kind of right before the, the iPhone era. So while we had cell phones and they had cameras to some extent, we, we didn't really have this selfie-taking phenomena. So that, that wouldn't have even occurred to me at the time. It certainly wasn't something I, I saw. But apparently that's something that people do now. And I, I don't understand it. So the headline recently in McLean's Memo to Tourist, Dachau is not Disneyland. Well, clearly it's not. So why are people treating it as such? Well, joining us to talk about his uh, recent trip and, and what he observed is the author of that piece, Mark Milke, uh, Calgary-based uh, analyst, author, event speaker. Mark, great to have you back with us. You're welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. All right. So when were you, uh, when were you there? Early June, so about two weeks ago. Okay. And, I mean, look, people go. There's a reason why people go. There's an importance maybe to seeing this and understanding what happened there. Talk about uh, your own decision to visit, what, what that meant to you. Well, I mean, I've been fascinated by uh, what it is we we as human beings can do to each other uh, on the negative side, to put it mildly. Um, ever since I was a kid, I was always uh, not enthralled. That would be the wrong word. I've been fascinated uh, by the Soviet Union. I've been fascinated by, by Nazi Germany and how it is these regimes come about and what one can do. Uh, to prevent uh, such regimes from coming about. So I'm, I'm fascinated by evil in history, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is a very short story. And I'd never been to a concentration camp in Europe before. Uh, I mean, all of us, uh, you know, who are vaguely familiar with history, and uh, more or less, uh, are aware that uh, Germany, of course, before the Nazi regime, was an advanced, scientific, educated, literate population. So how does this happen? And uh, you, can, you can read any number of thousands of books or tens of thousands of books uh, that have been published since the 1930s on this subject. But I think it's important to go. Uh, like you, I was in Israel, uh, and in my case, about uh, 11 years ago now, and, and saw the Holocaust Museum there. I've been in the one in Washington, D.C. I just think it's important to keep the memory alive uh, for oneself and for civilization. So I went to Dachau about 10 minutes by train outside of Munich, and went to the visitor center. Um, yeah, before that, took the bus through through Dachau, the town, and you get to the visitor center after going to this pleasant German town. And if you didn't know anything about the history of uh, of Germany or Dachau in particular, uh, you know you might be more shocked. But you you go there, and it, it's a very pleasant spring day, very warm. Uh, as you walk in the visitor center uh, towards the camp itself. And there were some initial explanations on signboards as you walk through. But it became immediately evident once you get out outside of the visitor center and you expect sort of chatting and, and whatever else and people eating their lunch within the visitor center and normal behavior. But 
the first perhaps sign, I guess, that, that you're in for a different experience than I expected uh, was a group of kids coming out of the camp and sitting there uh, by the entrance, by the visitor center, and uh, kind of cooling off, I guess, and, you know, drinking soft drinks or whatever it was, and that's fine. Again, you're, you're near the visitor center. You expect that behavior. But what surprised me was the closer you get to the gates, the same sort of thing. People are you're starting to see people take selfies. You go through the famous gates that your listeners, uh, most people will know of at Dachau and, and some other camps, Arbeit, uh, Max Frey, or Frey. My German's awful, but their work, show, work will make you free, the famous right. Nazi slogan for concentration camp inmates at Dachau and a few other camps. Well, you, you go to that gate, you go inside, and uh, you see some of the, the, the bunks, uh, bunker, bunkers, if I can put it that way, um, on the left, and you see uh, some of the, uh, the, the buildings on the right, uh, one of which was, was a bunker used for solitary confinement and torture. But you walk through the complex and you expect uh, maybe a different experience, at least I did. And, uh, you know, I, I began to see behavior that I thought, well, this is, um, this is not something I would do. No, it, it seems so weird to me. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you're there on a, on a weird day or, or something. But as you note in your piece, uh, you're not the first to, to observe this phenomenon. Others have, have written about this, too. So it didn't just happen to be whatever people were there that day. Right. And to be clear, I mean, to, to give your listeners who haven't read the article, uh, the McLean's article, what I saw and what I observed, and it wasn't everybody by any stretch of the imagination. There were plenty of people that were, were respectful or clued mm-hmm. in to where they were. But, for example, in the bunker, uh, the sort of the south part of the Dachau concentration camp, um, where in the courtyard directly abutting the, the bunker, they used to hang in, uh, people and they used to shoot people up against a wall. Uh, you can see where they used to do that. They, they, they signed that part of the... Um, the uh, the yard just before you go into this bunker where where cells are individual cells are, and you go into that building, and you wander around and, and they've got some of the doors to the cells open. Other ones they've got descriptions of what would happen in that cell. And one cell, for example, it used to be divided up into basically only uh, you know three by three uh, partitions where you were forced to stand up three by three feet partitions. And so they describe that. They describe another cell where you might have had uh, a priest or a German Lutheran pastor, uh, Martin Niemöller in World War II, um, or Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in, uh, in this building. And they describe some of the tortures that uh, would have gone on with certain inmates. And so you're reading this, and then you hear a crowd of, of young kids come along, and it's not their fault, as I'll explain, but you, you hear some young adults, high schoolers, come along, and uh, the very chatty, and in some cases, uh, you know, the young boys, uh, well, teenagers, teenage boys, are kind of comforting and laughing. And you just think, is it just me, or is this not the place? I mean, you don't fake, you know, emotion, or you don't fake that you're having an experience that you're not. But to me, it just seemed wildly out of place. I mean, here are people, uh, prisoners of the Nazis, from communists to Jews to, uh, to gypsies, uh, you name it, to, uh, like I said, pastors and priests. And and you're in this what I think is virtually sacred ground, and and you've got sort of normal human behavior going on. It just struck me as very uh, dissonant. And um, and so at one point it was just, it was going on, and they were really quite loud. I mean, you, you get tour groups that come along, and of course they're they're talking whatever. You hear the tour guide, all of that is fine. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, I'd been in this bunker, and I'm doing the tour, and I'm hearing. 
I, I'm hearing again this this young this young group or some of these young boys, young teenage boys, just be too flippant uh, in German, and uh, I go shh, and it it works temporarily, and and you don't know if they sort of get it or not. I mean, I'm sure they would. It's pretty universal, but it, it doesn't work for very long. And, and at one point, I, I just give up. I, I go out and uh, I go back into the main courtyard where they used to stand up prisoners, and if you weren't perfect at attention, you get a kick in the shins or worse from Nazi guards. So. Uh, where again you're seeing some people take selfies. Um, now again, I, I don't want to be too harsh. I mean, I just, but to me, it's like I couldn't even bring the camera out of my backpack at Dachau. This isn't a tourist thing for me. If I really want uh, to remember it somehow, I'll look online, I guess. I mean, I just, to me, I, I won't even take out uh, my camera. So the fact that people are taking selfies, I mean, I hope that it, it, it does promote some education. Maybe people post on their Facebook and wherever else people post things these days. But to me, it was just wildly out of place, the behavior I saw at a concentration camp where uh, tens of thousands uh, died and where over 67,000 prisoners uh, were there when the Americans liberated the camp uh, in April 1945. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's what it's there for, right, to, to learn about and understand what happened, what happened on that site. Um, but you raise an interesting point because I, I can understand how you were feeling, just even the, the idea of taking a picture at all. I don't know that, that taking pictures in and of itself is necessarily a, a disrespectful thing. No, I didn't feel comfortable. But again, I, you know, and one of the, as you probably read in the article from McLean's, uh, you know, and, and if your listeners haven't read it, it's it's entitled "Memo to Tourist: Daco is not Disneyland." But uh, yeah, I mean, one of the authors that also experienced this, uh, someone else that wrote about this that I linked to, said maybe maybe we should prohibit selfies at at Dachau and uh, you know allow people to take pictures, but uh, you know with normal cameras or something. I don't know how you regulate that, but nonetheless, just the idea being sure take a picture, but you know don't do the big selfie thing, get a group in front of uh, in front of the memorial and and take a picture. Again, to me, it, I don't even know why you do that, but. You know, with yourself in the picture, your friends. I don't get it. This is not a this is not a tourist zone. Um, but you know, the problem. I'm not the first to notice this problem. I mean, when I did the research for the column, um, it turns out others have have noticed this problem. In fact, I guess there was a documentary a couple of years ago uh, for you, from a Ukrainian filmmaker, uh, Sergei Loznitsa, who set up cameras at Dachau and also at a, another concentration camp, uh, Sachsenhausen near Berlin, and he lets his cameras roll, his video cameras. And he sees behavior later on uh, where selfie after selfie is taken um, and with very inappropriate behavior. And in another uh, another article, I mean, there was a uh, from an Israeli, um, I guess, uh, what you call him? Uh, I don't want to say humorist. I mean, because this wasn't humorous, but he's a, he's a quasi-comedian or something. But he made a serious point where he took pictures or went, sorry, went on the Internet and looked at selfies that people had taken at co- various concentration camps. Um, including some in uh, a memorial in Berlin as well, where people are doing yoga on some of these memorial uh, blocks yeah. and uh, and other places, and he's superimposing the victims of these concentration camps and the skeletons and the dead over these selfies to make the point that when you do inappropriate behavior in these sorts of places, these quasi sacred places, uh, this is this is it's a shocking it's a shocking visual superimposed. Uh, to see corpses in the background uh, in trains and uh, in these concentration camps with someone do a selfie over uh, some Berlin memorial. Um, it's just, uh, it's perhaps the best way to, to get people to wake up and, and think of these places still as they should be thought of 
uh, memorial to uh, man's inhumanity to man, and, and something we, in the cliche, but it's always true, we should never forget. Right. And you mentioned those pictures in, in particular. It's, it's one thing to, to be in the picture at a place like this. But what's so galling about these pictures is, as you say, it looks like these people are smiling and having fun, like they're at an amusement park. Uh, and that's what seems so disrespectful. Not the taking of pictures, not even necessarily you being in the picture, but that this is somehow fun. Right? That's, that's what seems so insulting about it. Right. And uh, to get the name here is Israeli artist Shahak Shapira. And if you, again, you go to the McLean's article, you'll get the link. But he yeah. literally superimposed these cutouts um, of, uh, of selfies at the Berlin Holocaust Memorial. And people are engaged in, he says, yoga and also rap poses. And you're right. Uh, you know, they're, they're smiling. They're having a good time. Uh, but he superimposes starved camp prisoners over their poses in the background, uh, the corpses and trains. Um, I mean, it's it's quite jarring, and, uh, you know, I think he got a lot of, you know, I think there was like 120 million shares of this this exhibit that he created online, but it's completely inappropriate. You just think, um, and I'm looking at one now where you see the Berlin Memorials, and, and for those who haven't seen it online or in person, it's these series of, of tall sort of rocks or structures or walls, really, uh, interspersed um, in very narrow pathways, and literally someone's doing a yoga pose in one of them, and then he, he superimposes a pile of corpses in the background and shows it in black and white. I mean, this is what you're saying to those who died in these camps between the case of Dachau, 1933, and 1945. That's what this Israeli artist is communicating. And I think he, uh, he did so in a way that uh, really does shame the people who you think, what were you thinking? Now, in, in my own experience, I mean, at Dachau, I mean, I think, listen, what, what explains this behavior? Like, who's responsible? I mean, maybe, maybe some of this behavior, especially, again, not the, not the really inappropriate stuff, the yoga poses at a Berlin memorial, but, you know, maybe the selfies in front of the, uh, the Dachau gate. Maybe what explains some of this is just time. I mean, 80 years, more than 80 years after Dachau was opened in 1933, do we tragically forget? Are, are people not taught? I mean, a lot of the students that came through, as far as I could tell, were young German students, and I think they do an excellent job in Germany of reminding people of their history yeah. in the schools. So what explains this day? I mean, I didn't see any teachers around with these groups, uh, but maybe it's the fault of adults. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not much for collective blame, but in some ways, certainly the adults present um, should have shushed a few more groups, and I don't know where their teachers were. But, you know, what was telling for me, Rob, was at the end, and, and this is where, again, the adults, you know, can set the example or not. I, I spent uh, two or three hours there just wandering around, and again, most people, I think, were appropriate. It was, it was the inappropriateness that you notice, though, and that always sticks out. Yeah, I'd say 80, 90 percent of the people there were appropriate. They were just walking around, taking it in. Um, and but near the end, though, after I leave Dachau, the main concentration camp gate that that's most familiar to to most people if they haven't been there uh, from the visuals. Uh, again, the sign over the gate. You leave that. You go out. You head back towards the visitor center. And what do I see? Well, there's a forty-something gentleman walking towards me with this casual look on his face and is licking an ice cream cone. I mean, as again, as if he's about to enter Disneyland and not Dachau. Right. And to me, that kind of summed it all up. Like, what what do you not get, fellow? Uh, you know, I, I don't know where you're from. I don't know who you are. Didn't bother to try and you know remonstrate with him. There's no point. But I just thought this sums it up for me. Some guy walking into a concentration camp, licking an ice cream cone, 
as if he's about to visit an amusement park or, or you know, some town center in Europe. That, to me, summed it up. Yeah, well, people can find the piece. It's up at uh, mcleans.ca. Mark, uh, really appreciate making some time for us here. Thanks for this. You bet. Take care, Rob. You too. Mark Milkey, uh, Calgary-based uh, author, uh, columnist, uh, uh, journalist. So I, I think he raises some interesting points. You can find his piece at mcleans.ca. The headline, memo to tourist, Dachau is not Disneyland. Now, if you want to look at it from a glass-half-full perspective, I mean, immature people are going to do immature things. And maybe for some of these immature people who are going to places like this, maybe at some level the goofiness is a shield because there's a lot to take in. It's a lot to process. It's some pretty heavy stuff. And maybe that's their way of avoiding it. But I guess the thing is they don't have to be there. So if somebody is going there, even if they're being silly, or even if they're going to take a goofy selfie at a memorial for a concentration camp, Maybe they're still going to learn something while they're there. Maybe they're going to know more about what happened there than before they came. Because the alternative to them being there is them actually being at a mall or an amusement park where they're not learning any of this. They can come away with some better understanding of what happened there and why. That's a positive. If along the way they took a, 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 you know, a selfie, an inappropriate, goofy, selfish, immature selfie, Okay, but if the trade-off is they know something more about it, maybe some good can come of it. But I, I agree, it's, it's certainly disrespectful. All right, what do you think? 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Getting a lot of reaction on this. A couple texts along the same lines here. This one says, visited Dachau in the spring of 84 before social media. Very moving. Cold wind blowing. You could sense evil everywhere. Everyone there was totally quiet and respectful. Selfies should be disallowed. Another one here says, visiting Dachau was one of the most sobering and deeply moving experiences of my life. Another one here that says, I've been to both Dachau and Auschwitz, also Hiroshima. And I've taken pictures of myself there to record my visit. Not with a big cheesy smile, a peace sign, or anything inappropriate like that. But I don't have a problem with taking pictures anywhere in the world as long as it's done with respect. I would probably agree with that. I don't know that banning selfies is the right approach. But I don't, at the same time, I don't understand why people would do it. And not the sober, serious face that you're standing near the entrance. Like some of these people, the, the smiles, uh, they're doing yoga. They're just really touristy, goofy stuff. And one guy's juggling pink balls. What are you doing? You get the people are kind of still in tourist mode. You go to Germany, you're there as a tourist. You're doing all the touristy things. And then you kind of say, well, but we should do something serious too. Let's go here. And people are still sort of in that tourist mode. You're taking selfies everywhere you go. And, and you just kind of do the same thing here. But it just, it, it, it doesn't apply here. It just doesn't belong here. All right, well, let's go to the phones. I want to see what you think. Kathy, welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Rob. I'm glad that you are bringing, you know, that guest. Yeah, we have to revisit a lot of a lot of stuff. I am old school person, and you know, I see here in this country a lot of attitude. People can laugh at anything, even as soon as the camera is accessible or whatever, they can talk about the tragedy. Somebody just. 
you know, got killed or died behind them, and they're going to just talk with enthusiasm, like, I don't know what's going on, I can understand it, like, people are lacking of emotions, that common sense, yes, not everything is about fun in life, but we have to appropriately, you know what I mean, react to every situation, and it breaks my heart, the story your guest had, but on the other hand, I'm not surprised, I see this every day, and I'm questioning held over many, many people, and youngsters especially. Yeah, so well thank said. You. Kathy, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate that. Let's get uh, Blaine in here. Blaine, go ahead. Good afternoon, Rob. Hey, Blaine. Uh, I guess I would hold uh, more the, uh, uh, not these kids so much. Uh, they're young. I mean, this happened before they were even born, before some of their parents, most of their parents were born. Right. Uh, I would I would hold the school accountable. Maybe there should have been an assembly and a, a code of conduct or... Uh, when, when you when you go there, there's a, a code of conduct. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. It's sad we have to do that, but if that's reality, then that's what we do. You know, they, they'll learn to respect that later on in our years. They're quite young still, mm-hmm. these guys, these girls. You know, uh, we've got to cut them a little bit of slack. They don't understand fully. And uh, I would hold the uh, the teachers and, and the schools themselves accountable. There should, like I say, be an assembly. This is how you can conduct yourself when you're there. Yeah, you would hope so. No, good set, good point, Blaine. Appreciate the phone call. Well said. Yeah, if schools are going as part of a school arranged trip, there's got to be that that conversation ahead of time. If a group of young people, for whatever reason, are going to go there for the day, I'm not sure what's prompting them to in the first place. And like I say, maybe they can still take something away from it. But to do the smiling peace sign, hey, look at us, we're chilling out here at, at Dachau. What are you doing, right? I mean, you you, you do oh. What's there? You owe it some respect, I think. All right, 403-974-8255. Back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. We'll get to author Jane Doucette coming up in a few minutes here. Still a lot of reaction to this conversation about Dachau and, and places like this, how you approach it as a visitor. And again, a lot of people who are there are in that part of the world as tourists in the first place. But I think you need to take yourself out of tourist mode a little bit and just take in the gravity of what it is you're there to see and why you're there in the first place. And hopefully you're there to learn something, to pay some respect, and not just to get some cool shots of you and your buddies. I get this text, though. It says, Rob, when I went to Dealey Plaza, between breaks and traffic, people run out in the street and get their pics taken in the location where JFK was shot. Yeah, not a surprise. Another one here says, unless you make everybody write a small essay about the reason they're taking photos, you can't ban people from taking pictures in a public place. And I'd agree with that, too. I don't think the answer is to ban cameras. Maybe there's another way to try to get the message through. Still allow people to do that, if that's what they're inclined to do. But just to to try to underscore the point going in, appreciate and respect why you're here and what it is you're here to see and, and learn. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Ruby, welcome to the program. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, I just felt moved to uh, phone because um, I have also visited many places. I haven't visited uh, Dachau, but uh, I am one of those people, and I'm middle-aged, but I do take pictures just to sort of mark places that I've been. And when I look at the pictures again, it brings me back 
to where I was and and to deeply think about some of uh, these places that I visited. And I don't think that I'm disrespectful, but I'm a person who does uh, visit war memorials and war cemeteries, and I am guilty of taking pictures, but I don't take disrespectful selfies. But I do take a day out of my holiday anywhere to visit a place such as this. So I guess, you know, I'm kind of of your view that maybe somebody who has gone there has learned something. And I don't think that we should be banning cameras, but it's difficult to teach people the enormity of what happened there when we're already a few generations away from it. And maybe it's better that they're there than not. No, that's what I, that's how I tend to look at it. Hopefully that even if people are there and they're acting immature or being kind of silly, hopefully when they leave at the end of the day, they'll, they'll know things that they didn't know before going, right? Exactly. And, and I'm so glad that you said this because, and also, if we are not the same culture, we don't feel it as deeply. I know, uh, like, I, my family was from India, but I'm raised in small town Saskatchewan. And yes, when I went back to some of those cultural places where massacres took place, I took selfies, I, I, I admit it. And, but it didn't mean a lot to me uh, until much later when I read about some of these situations or when I viewed the pictures. I didn't do it in a disrespectful way, but it was not as enormous to me as to the people it actually happened to or to the culture it actually happened to. So I think we all need to give ourselves a little bit of slack and, you know, maybe honor that people did take time out of their vacation to visit these places, even if they did it in a touristy way. And, you know, with time, I think we will all learn to be more respectful. And we we live in a country where we don't have the same kind of history. Canada doesn't have as deep and, and dark a history as many other places. Even though some of these things happened during our time, they didn't happen on the land here in this country mm-hmm. and maybe it's going to take us another generation to <laughs> appreciate the enormity of some of these things do you know where i'm coming from yeah no oh, definitely ruby no absolutely i appreciate the phone call you made some great points a lot to think about there let's get uh, cliff's call in here cliff go ahead yeah so so is, i guess i mean i i wasn't certain what mr milky was saying or suggesting ought to be done about this problem is the charge that people are insufficiently reverent uh, upon attending uh, these spots, or what? Like, what, what? What exactly is to follow from this conversation? Are we going to ban cell? Uh, ban? Uh, maybe we should ban cell phones going into these places. Like, wouldn't that solve the problem as stated? Well, it might. I guess because if that's what you're trying to do. I, I don't think Mark Milky was suggesting we ban photography. Others have. Others have suggested either selfies be banned or photography be banned. Uh, at some of these places. So others have addressed this. I didn't get the sense that that's what Mark was calling for. Well, I think he's calling for a change in attitude if I read him or hear him right. I mean... Yeah, probably. I, I think he it, was stunned it, that, that he was going somewhere that to him seemed really serious and heavy and uh, that you approach it with a fair level of respect and to see people smiling and taking touristy pictures as though they're at a national park or something or an amusement park just seemed really out of place. Well, clearly his sensibilities were offended, but I mean, speaking to the problem, the identifier for the irreverence that he uh, that he perceived, just ban cell phones going into uh, spots like this. This is, we'll take them in trust, and you can't take them in because selfies have been, as near as I can tell, I've never taken a selfie in my life actually, but selfies have. So I don't, I got no opinion on their value, but somebody's conflated them with uh, boorish behavior. 
So just ban the cell phones going into uh, uh, smartphones going into uh, these spots and and see what the consequences are in attendance. Well, but it's not even necessarily a selfie. I think you are talking about boorish behavior because the two people are posing and they're smiling, they're giving the peace sign, they get the tongues out, uh, arms around each other. Someone else might be taking the picture, so it's not technically a selfie, but it's just kind of the, the attitude that uh, you, you're, you're getting goofy and silly and having fun at a freaking concentration camp. I mean, well, that's just, that, that just seems completely detached from what it's, it's there for, why people are going. So does that not uh, suggest that a large, what well, my point is, that a very large, a superb can of worms has been opened by, by Mark's comments, and that what's, really, so what's really being asked for is a change, is a, is an, is a change in attitude, and, and not voluntary, if I read him correctly. No, no, People not at all. Are, they, I, they I don't know. Well, there, what did he get, say, though? They, that, need to, they need yeah. to change their countenance, their, their thinking, their That's their what he'd comport, like to see. Their comport, all that's supposed to change to fall in line with what his expectation to deem is, is appropriate for them. Well, his opinion is that if you're going there, you should show some respect. That's his opinion. If you got a different opinion, then fine. I, I didn't hear him call on anybody being forced to do anything. No, he didn't, did he? Unless I missed something. If I were in his position, I certainly wouldn't do that either, because it would say say as much. Because that would that would not be consistent with the the profile that he that he has. Right. Well, that's but, it. But so I, his whole think, point was: I, I went there. This is what I observed. It seemed really out of place. My opinion is that if you're going to go to somewhere like Dakar, you show some respect. Selfies seem out of place. That's the whole point of writing opinion pieces, Cliff. Is that people write their opinion? I write opinion pieces all the time. I'm not ordering that people be forced by law to follow my opinion. I'm expressing my opinion. I think I think it's good enough that people go there, and uh, and your previous caller I think was correct that nothing should be done to discourage people from attending. And uh, these these waves of of uh, uh, boorishness in this case they they come and they go through society, and I think this will dissipate as well. Yeah, well, okay, maybe it will, right? But yeah, I mean, if people are choosing to go, that's one thing. If others are being forced to go through school or or whatever. Uh, that's something different. But I get where you're coming from, Clev. But how can we force a certain kind of behavior? You would hope that just the mere fact of it being a former concentration camp where tens of thousands died, there would be a reverence. There would be a level of respect. And maybe some people don't really understand or appreciate what it is. Maybe some people are just too immature to, to process the information. And they're, they're acting out in response. They're acting goofy as, as kind of a shield. Uh, as opposed to having to think about everything that went on there. Maybe that's part of it, too. So, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not sure. There's a bit of a straw man here. I don't think Mark Milkey was arguing for anybody to be forced to do anything. There were some who have suggested that pictures be banned or selfies be banned. I'm not sure how you do that. I don't see anything wrong or untoward about having an opinion that you show some respect at a place like this. Seems pretty common sense to me. All right, quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.